This is the Holland Assets Podcast, where we'll show you how to go from employee truck driver to savvy business owner. And we'll do it together because we're starting our own trucking company, Holland Assets. So you'll get a front row seat through the whole process. Together with some experts in the field, we'll teach you how to set up a business, buy a truck, get your DOT and MC numbers, get insurance, and a lot more. Thanks for joining us. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to the Holland Assets Podcast. This is episode 23. I am Craig over there. He is Chris, Chris in the in flesh. studio. In studio. Very yeah. happy to have you here uh, because today we've got an interesting topic, maybe kind of two interesting topics. Today we are mostly going to be talking about getting out of your comfort zone, and that is uh, looking forward to that a little bit later in the episode. But you wanted to lead up into that with something else. Why don't you, why don't you prep me a little bit for what we're going to be talking about first today? Um, yeah, so today the big thing I, I kind of want to start off with is it's, we're right in the beginning of October and October 1st is traditionally when one of the annual fees, every trucking company that travels interstate has to pay called the UCR or unified carrier registration. And so, uh, I, I thought we'd talk a little bit about that because, it's a, in some ways, a little bit of a dangerous topic because there's a lot of snakes in the grass out there who um, kind of start to prey on uh, innocent trucking companies at this time of year and, and take advantage of them and try to get them to pay for something either they don't need because they've already paid it or maybe they're intrastate and they don't need to pay it or a lot of them just uh, way overcharge for, for what they do. Right, right. And you were telling me a little bit about uh, some some situation there was a fine and there was some something going on with some company that did something a little shady yeah this, around this so, U, UCR this topic gets me sometimes just super frustrated because there there are companies out there that are just really really bad so dotauthority.com um a year or so ago got fined somewhere right around a million bucks because of their bad business practices they'd make themselves look like the dot they'd do all kinds of shady things to get guys to pay for the ucr you know they, they'd use scare tactics saying you're gonna get fined thousand dollars a day or you know something like that and you know in a lot of these kind of situations there's a little element of truth but then they embellish reality a whole ton because yeah, you can get fined if you don't pay the UCR, but in, in most situations I, I've seen guys that don't pay it. They pull into a port and you're going to get caught every time because every time you pull into a port guy, they, they get checked. And so it, it, this is one of those things you just don't mess with. You do it. And anyway, most, most of the time what happens is if you haven't paid it, you pull into a port and the guys at the port stop you and and they make you go pay it. And so you have to make a phone call or go online and pay it. And once you pay it, they let you go. You know, sometimes they'll fine you, but you know, for most small trucking companies, you're, you're talking a few hundred dollar fine, not thousands of dollar fine, which w is what they lead you to believe. Right. So, so what they send out these kind of scare emails and try to get people to just use their service to renew their UCR or something like that. Yep. They shady emails or phone calls and a lot of the times they'll use, and this is really, I think, one of the things that got dotauthority.com in trouble is, and they had a bunch of subsidiary companies that were doing the same thing too, all owned by the same people, but they, they'd use like symbols in their emails that look like official government uh -huh. symbols. And, and you know, they just were doing super shady things to, to make them look like something that they really weren't. Right. Okay. Well, tell me 
now this is something that your company does, right? So yeah. tell me a little bit about what the difference would be, how this is supposed to go uh, with UCR. So the normal registration starts um, October 1st of every year. So the, and so right now, October 1st, you, you can pay it typically and it, it doesn't, you know, actually go into effect until the 1st of January, but you have this registration period anytime from the 1st of October to the end of the year, you can pay it. And the whole reason this kind of comes up is um, a, a couple weeks ago, I get an email from another company and, and one that I've kind of t traditionally thought was a, a fairly up and up company saying UCRs do it's, it's time to get paid, give us a call or, you know, go online here and you can pay it and we'll take care of it for you. And I thought that was kind of strange because the last two years, and I'd heard rumors, the same thing was going to happen this year. The, the UCR group organization or entity or whatever it is had, um, changed the rates and they delayed the actual registration period when you could do it by several months. And I, and I heard it was going to happen again this year. And so I thought it was odd that I get this email and don't really think much of it. And then, um, you know, a couple days later, like right around the first of October, I get an email from the UCR Federation saying, hold off. We're not doing it again this year because right now, because we got to figure out how much we're going to pay. It's going to, or we're going to charge. It's going to change again. And so I thought, okay, well, this other company, they'll go back and maybe send out another email clarifying that it's been postponed. You can't, you can't even go online and pay it right now. And lo and behold, like a few more days after that, I get another email from them soliciting it again, trying to get you to pay, which I don't necessarily have a problem. Some guys want to just, you know, pay you the money and get that thing taken care of and not have to worry about it. And, and I don't mind a company doing that as long as they're upfront about it, but they're not saying anything about, you know, it's really been delayed. You don't have to do it. And that kind of just, it irks me. So they're collecting upfront saying when this registration opens up, we'll take care of it for you, but you can pay us now. No, they're um, making it sound like it's due right now yeah. and you can pay it right now. Wow. which I don't, I don't think's right. I don't have a problem if they come out and say, Hey, you know, UCR has delayed it. It, it it's probably going to be a month or two before they make the decision. And then three months from then is when they're actually going to start enforcing it and, and stopping in a port if you haven't paid it. I don't mind a company doing that as long as they're upfront with it. And, you know, we'll do that too. Cause some, some of our clients just want to, you know, they want to check that box, not have to worry about it, not have to think, forget, and then not get it paid. And it's really not that big of a fee for, for a one truck guy. We charge 130 bucks, which is really, you know, $20 less than most of our competition. And, um, it's, you know, I, I, I some clients just want to get it done and, and they'll pay it and, and that's fine, but just be upfront about it. Front, yeah, yeah. Just be upfront yeah, about it. it. You know, it, guys that do that shady stuff, just ticks me off. Cause you can, you, you know, in my opinion, in the long run, you're going to have clients who are fans and you're going to do better in business. And you're going to be feel better about yourself. If you just are upfront and clear and honest about how you conduct business. Right. Well, this is a topic as far as shady business practices. This is something that we'll come back to. I have no doubt. Uh, there's, you know, there's, there's more to talk about when it comes to stuff to watch out for from companies out there. Right. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, as I started thinking more about this UCR thing, and I started thinking about other ways that uh, trucking companies kind of get screwed by other companies, 
um, I, I thought, you know, what we need to make a full episode of this. So I think in, a, in another couple of weeks, we're going to have a full episode that's based on, you know, things to avoid, what to watch out for so you don't get screwed. Right. But right now, this is definitely something to watch out for, the UCR stuff. Good to know what's going on out there. And so as we transition into our, our main topic for today, I just want to remind everybody uh, to go to hollandassetsllc.com for the full show notes. Uh, you can check out links and, and uh, you know, bullet points and all that, you know, the, the what PDFs that we might put out there, that sort of thing. Uh, and also motorcarrierhq.com where people can find the services that you're talking about um, if they do want somebody to help them get that all taken yeah. care of. Yeah, we can help out with the UCR. I've also got a blog post on there, and I'll reference it in the show notes for this episode that talks about the UCR. And it's actually the fee just really, you know, the the Reader's Digest version of this is the fee is used to educate other motorists out there how to behave around trucking companies and trucks on the road so that, um, you know, they're traffic safer for everybody. So it's actually a, a, a pretty well-used fee. Nice. Okay. Well, very good. So let's transition then into our main topic. Chris, you uh, you wanted to title this one, uh, Getting Out of Your Comfort Zone, which is, it's intriguing, but it doesn't give me much to go on. So uh, <laughs> so I'm interested to get to that. Before we do, I did, I did want to ask you, any stories from the road? Because I love your stories from the road. I, ha- I had a really good short one from today. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I, I went, I, I just picked up a load of ice cream literally as I was coming. Is there a load here. of ice cream sitting in front of my house right now? Um, no, cause I had to drop it off oh, at the okay. shop, but <laughs> it was, it was awesome because I, I get there like an hour early and they had me out of there in less than an hour before my even scheduled appointment. And to top that off, they gave me two pints of Haagen-Dazs ice cream. Nice. Yeah. Best, now we're talking. Best pickup ever. I can't believe you didn't bring a pint <laughs> I should me. have brought you a pint. Oh, I was unbelievable. <laughs> I just threw them in the freezer because they were going to melt. I got a question for you. Yeah. Logistical one. And of course, a lot of people will be rolling their eyes at me for even asking this. But you pick up a load of, let's say, flowers. Okay. And they're refrigerated in the back. You got to keep it at a certain temperature. Then you pick up a load of ice cream. Is that one going to be more costly for you to haul based on the temperature that you got to keep your trailer at. Yeah, absolutely. And and I've actually, I've got a, a spreadsheet and of we talked a little do. bit. Yeah. We talked a little bit about this one. I think when we were talking about loads or um, something, I, I referenced it one time, but yeah, I, I've, I've kind of tracked how much it costs me to run my reefer at minus 10 or minus 20 versus, you know, 45 degrees mm-hmm. or 50 degrees. And, and it's, it's a, you know, it, it's a pretty big difference, you know, a dollar an hour or so at, minus 20 versus 45. Nice. Okay. Well, now I feel smart. Uh, (laughs) All right. So Chris, let's talk about getting out of your comfort zone. Uh, Tee it up for me. What do you mean by this? So uh, this kind of seems like it might be a little bit of a trivial subject, but in reality, I think this is a super important subject. And and really one of the things that I kind of attribute um, a, a lot of my success in business to is, is being willing to get out of your comfort zone. So it's comfort comfort zone. So it's it's human nature for us to do the things that we're either really good at, or, or we enjoy, to. or we're used to, and kind of try to avoid the things that we don't like to do, or the things that we're not good at. So we're going to talk a little bit about this. And I, you know, this is kind of one of those situations where I want to step back and and more use a, a couple of examples in my life where I've kind of had to get out of my comfort zone. And and both of them aren't in the trucking industry per se, but but still pretty good um, 
example. So the first one is, you know, in, uh, in the military, this kind of happens a lot where I've got to have a, you know, we'll call it like a come to Jesus meeting with somebody because they've been misbehaving or they, um, aren't doing something right, or they've, you know, they, they're, they need to be doing better in their job. And, um, or, you know, even one time we, we had a guy that just wouldn't shower and it was bugging everybody else. And so, um, you, you have to sit down with them and kind of have these awkward, sometimes semi-confrontational conversations. And I, I just always used to try to avoid those things and hated doing them and, and just drug my feet and drug my feet. And, you know, over time I kind of got to, to realize, you know, it's, it's better for everybody involved for, for me, for the person I'm, I'm having these conversations with to just kind of rip the bandaid off, kind of get everybody on the same page right off the bat and just, and just do it. And so that was one thing I just, where I kind of had to step out of my comfort zone and, and really do something I did not enjoy doing. No, that makes sense. I, now this was an adult person who wasn't showering. An adult person who wasn't showering. That's yeah. amazing. It is amazing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so tell me a little bit about how this applies to running a trucking company. Well, before we get to that, let me tell you one more kind of oh, example. Okay, sure. it, this is more along the lines of business. So when I, you know, first started my business, I, I, I'm the kind of person that I, I'm not really a detail oriented person. I, I, I like the details to a certain extent, but I, I'm not the kind of person that really just dives into them. You know, I, I'm Says kinda, the guy who has, I don't know how many spreadsheets <laughs> tracking everything under the sun. Well, this is kind of my point is <laughs> when I first started out, I hated doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I, I'm kind of more of the guy that likes to be, you know, at the 30,000 foot view, looking at the forest and not necessarily looking at the individual trees. And so I kind of had to force my myself into learning how to use spreadsheets, learning about the numbers, learning what the numbers meant for my business and which numbers were important and which ones weren't. And over time, I've gotten a lot more comfortable with those. And, and kind of, as you see, I, I've gotten to where I really love spreadsheets and tracking those numbers and understanding them because I've, I've realized over time how big of an impact understanding that stuff has had on my business and, and has really grown into one of the things I think that that's kind of helped us be successful. So do you feel like you've kind of rewired your actual personality or do you feel like you're still kind of the same? You still are most comfortable with this or that, but you've learned how to deal with that in order to, you've learned how to deal with details and spreadsheets and I, I numbers would, in order to achieve what you really want to. That's a great question. And, and I would say that I haven't really rewired my brain because I'm, I'm still not, I, you know, the details on a grander scheme are really not the thing that I enjoy. I still more like that, you know, looking at five-year plans or, you know, things later on down the road or, or not so much the minute details of things. But I, I've I've gotten comfortable with those numbers so that I I do to a certain extent enjoy them. I'm not you're not I'm not the kind of guy you're going to see me doing that all day long every day, like you know maybe an accountant or something. But you know I'll, I'll step into it for an hour or two, work on it really hard, you know get to understand something that's going on with my business and 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 be done with it. And and I'm comfortable with it and and I enjoy it to an extent. It's not how I'm going to spend my life, but you know I'll, I'll spend bits and pieces of it doing that. Yeah, yeah. Now that makes a lot of sense. So how do you want to uh, apply this to other people? I mean, it, it seems pretty self-explanatory, but maybe there's a little bit deeper that we want to go with it. Yeah, so I, I've kind of developed a list of things that I've noticed guys in the trucking industry and myself included that are things that oftentimes we don't like to do or uncomfortable with or, you know, we we try to avoid. And so I kind of want to go through those one by one and we'll talk a little bit about them and, and maybe a little bit about how 
um, you know, focusing on those things can uh, help us be a little bit more successful. Okay. Well, so let's go through a list of those things. Uh, You've got a nice list here that I got to look over just a little bit beforehand, but I, but I want you to take me through it. Some things that people can work on uh, getting out of their comfort zone for business ownership. Yeah. So the, the first one is to be nice to everybody. And there are some people that just don't like to be nice to people. And Why did you look me so firmly <laughs> in the eyes when you said that? Why? Well, you know, Craig, we need to have a come to Jesus meeting after <laughs> this, uh, after this podcast episode. That's, maybe we could use it as a blooper at the end of the reel. Oh, our, no. our little come to Jesus oh, meeting. That sounds like a terrible idea. <laughs> No, but um, I, I, I think I've mentioned this before. Before I g- arrive at any shipper or any receiver, I always look at the reviews on Google. And I, it, it astounds me how often I, I see reviews from people how the security guard didn't respect me or the security guard was rude. And, and, I, and, I, and I've watched that in situations where a lot of the times a driver will come in at, at the receiver. And, you know, a lot of the times a receiver has a security guide or somebody that they initially talk to and, and, and the driver is rude. And then the security guards rude back at them. And, and, you know, then all of a sudden they just kind of are being jerks to each other. And it, it just causes all kinds of problems for, for everybody. And then I'll go up and talk to that same security guard. And I always have a smile on my face. I don't care how, big of a jerk. They, they, they may like not even look at me and look at their computer and say, what do you want? You know, not look at me in the eye, which I don't like. They're not like really acknowledging that I'm there, which kind of ticks me off, but I'll still treat them as nice as I possibly can. And, and really, even if they're rude to me, I, I still try to be nice because you know what, they can make my life a lot more difficult than I can make mine. They can delay me at the, wherever I am. They can, there's a lot of things they can do that are, that are going to make things hard for me, but there's really not much other than yell at them that I can do to make things difficult for them. And that's just not worth it. Right. I mean, there's, there's a kind of uh, mode of thinking with that sort of thing where it's like, I can be rude to them because I'm never going to see this person again. I don't care. Yeah. I'm never going to, but on the, on the flip side, what does it hurt? You're never going to see this person again. What does it cost you to, to be nice? Just be nice. Yeah. It, it's going to make it, it, karma. I, I kind of believe in karma. You know, what comes around goes around and or what goes around comes around and if you're nice to people they're going to be nice to you and it's just going to make things a lot easier yeah all right well next up on the list what uh what's another comfort zone item um kind of how you drive and so um and there's a a few aspects of this and and it's kind of funny you know i've talked about jake my dispatcher several times and we kind of have conversations every now and again he he talks about some of his other clients or clients he's had in the past and kind of how they run and and what they do and and one of the things that really kind of sticks out to me is how a lot of them will put stipulations on what they'll do like um i'm not going to drive at night i'm not going to go into the um, Northeast at all. I'm not going to go here. I'm not going to go into California. I'm not going to go to Oregon. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. And all you're of a sudden tying your dispatcher's hands there. Yeah. You're not just the, your dispatcher's hands. You're tying your company's hands because now all of a sudden you can't go chase the good loads because you won't go in this part of the country or, um, you don't want to stay out over the weekend, which you don't have to do every time, but sometimes you just might do that. And and you don't want to take this load because you're going to have to drop it off at two o'clock in the morning and you don't want to have to do that. And, and so you're, you're limiting yourself and, and you, you may be, um, 
limiting yourself to a lot of higher paying loads and forcing yourself to take lower ones because you're not willing to do certain things and you just can't, you, you can't do that. I mean, I have nothing to add to that. That makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. And, and one of them, you know, I kind of mentioned was the driving at night thing. I, you always want to be safe. You, you, if you can't drive at night because you get tired or if you have vision issues or you have or, vision issues or something else. Okay. I get that. But in, in my opinion, driving at night is the best time to drive. I, I, I guarantee you, you drive at least on average three miles an hour faster at night, if not more like five, because you, you don't get stuck behind slower traffic. You know, you, you're going through like 287 in Texas where you're, you're going through a lot of small towns. Well, at night, you, those, those stoplights are almost always green. There's no traffic and you just cruise right through the town. Whereas you do that in the day, it probably takes you five or 10 minutes longer to get through the town because you're stopped at every stoplight. There's a line of cars at every stoplight and it just takes longer to stop and go, stop and go. And it's just nighttime driving. If you can do it, it's your, your, your vehicle's way more efficient. Well, if nothing else, I've learned something about the 287 in Texas today. <laughs> All right. So next up on the list. Saving money. Oh, yeah. I, I, I try to work this into every episode one way or another. <laughs> you know, some people just aren't comfortable with it. They they want to spend, you know, it's like, you know, literally that, that money is burning a hole in their pocket. They've got it. They're going to go out and spend it. But that's one area you really got to get out of your comfort zone and just force yourself to save, force yourself to be frugal, maybe not eat out as much. Or maybe, you know, there's a lot of areas where you can um, save a lot of money. Maybe it doesn't make sense to have that $250 cable package and you can skimp and just do the $80 cable package. You know, there's a lot of different ways you can save money and, um, you need to do it. Well, yeah. And we've done a whole episode on that recently. What was that? The last week or the week last, before? I think it was last week. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So people can go listen to Chris wax philosophical about <laughs> saving money as much as possible. Uh, and I encourage you to do so. Okay. So next up talking to shippers. Now this is one that that I'm interested to dig into just a little bit because when we go all the way back to like episode one, two, three, somewhere in there, uh, we talked about how to find loads and the best ways to get the best loads. Uh, and so now we're kind of circling back to that a little bit. Tell me more about talking to shippers. Yeah. I, talking to shippers is incredibly important, especially around your home base, because if you can get loads around your home base where you're working directly with shippers that get you out somewhere and then you find loads through brokers coming back, that's where you're really going to start to make the most amount of money. So, you know, getting out of that comfort zone and talking to people, you know, there's a lot of people that get in the trucking industry because they like to drive and they don't really necessarily enjoy that social interaction. And, and do a lot of ways I'm kind of that way, but you've got to force yourself to talk to some of those shippers and develop those relationships so that you can get those higher paying loads and, and you're, you're eliminating that middleman broker and, and getting it. Now, um, one thing that I need to talk about here is, is you got to be a little bit careful with that because if you get a load through a broker and you show up at that shipper and then you try to cut the broker out and say on the next load, not, uh, not use the broker and just go directly with the shipper. You can get yourself in trouble with the broker. And a lot of times those broker agreements will have stipulations in there that you cannot directly solicit that shipper. But most of the time they can only really legally limit you to doing that for a year. So, you know, it may behoove you to kind of keep a list of, of people you've hauled loads for. And a year after you've hauled a load for that, shipper go back to that shipper and 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 solicit them 
spreadsheets is that another spreadsheet yeah that's a spreadsheet would be a really good way to track that <laughs> no that's that's interesting though because that is what i was going to ask about is uh, how to negotiate or how to navigate the uh the broker versus shipper relationships. So that's uh, that's good insight. Yeah. I like that. And and when you're home, you know, and, and maybe have a few days off, it's a good idea to go out and you know find if you if you haul reefer loads, go and talk to some of the the manufacturers in your areas that that ship refrigerated products or you know maybe even dry van products and and get some of those direct relationships and that's how you're going to get more profitable. Well, and then the other way is the next item on our list and negotiating rates. Uh, definitely another thing that uh, that would be outside of a comfort zone. I am looking at myself here and saying if I were running my own trucking company, this isn't something that I would particularly care for. Uh, negotiate. I've never liked negotiating. In fact, I tend to undersell myself quite a bit. You know, uh, it's the whole being nice thing. I yeah. don't want to overcharge. I don't want to overcharge. Yeah, I, I'm I'm the same way. I don't really particularly enjoy that piece some some people kind of thrive on that um and, and i don't either but you've you've got to when you're talking with the broker if you're not using a dispatcher your dispatcher should be doing this too but you you need to negotiate those rates and and you know always ask for a little bit more money and and, and on top of that understanding kind of you know what rates are happening in that particular area so if, if you're doing that yourself, your load board, you can kind of search on, uh, and a lot of the load boards will kind of have a, a package where they will show you historically, like over the last week or the last two weeks, this is what the average rate for this type of freight coming out of this area has been. And if you understand that, you understand what other companies are charging or kind of what the market will bear, that gives you more more leverage and more power. And then also, you know, if, if you kind of understand supply and demand a little bit, you take, for example, you know, a lot of times Fridays are the, the time that, you know, a lot of guys are not wanting to run over the weekend. And, and so brokers and shippers are having harder time finding trucks on Fridays. And usually a Friday, um, is a time that you can, you know, push a little bit harder. Whereas like a Monday when everybody's trying to get back on the road, you probably can't push quite as hard to, to get that rate up a little bit. But you're saying always try for a, a, a bump always try for a bump and, and, and it's, I would say it's fairly rare that you can't get at least a little bit. And then, you know, the other thing that's kind of important with this is you have to be willing to walk away. You, you have to be willing to say, you know, if, if they won't ask for that and, and this is the first guy that you're finding a load in this area from, and he won't go up a little bit, be willing to walk away and say, okay, I'm just going to go find another one from somebody else. You know, if, if you've talked to five or 10 guys and nobody's budging, yeah, maybe you need to just, just grab just a load, grab a load and go, but, uh, don't take the first thing that comes if, if they're not willing to pay you kind of what you think that, that, uh, market will bear in that area. Yeah. I hope you don't mind a little bit of a tangent here, Chris, but I am wondering, uh, we're talking a lot to new owner operators, you know, I, I presume as they're going through this process, the same process you are of starting a company and, and getting out on the road and getting that experience. At what point do you feel like you, as a company, have gained the, the uh, what am I trying to say, the, the weight to throw around and say, no, I, I deserve a little bit of extra? Can you do that right from the it, beginning? It's harder right from the beginning. So like those first months or two when not a whole lot of brokers will, will work with you, 
it's it's hard to do. Or if you're in an area where rates are really low because not a lot of freight's moving out, you, you don't have a whole lot of leverage. But the longer you've been in business, so the more brokers that will work with you, the more it's easier to push. So I, I'm, I'll actually hit my six month mark in two days. Oh, okay. And that six month mark is where a lot of brokers open up. And in fact, at that point, most brokers will accept you and there's not a whole lot that require you to have at least a year. So that, that's, that gives you even just that much more leverage to push. So the longer you've been in business, the, the more you can kind of push and you, know, you, you get in an area where there's not a lot of trucks and a lot of brokers looking to find trucks. And that, that's really when you can really start to push. So you just kind of, you have to understand that market and you need to learn those kind of things. And, and you develop those skills over time. You get better and better at it. You know, so some of this stuff might not be in your comfort zone right now. You might be getting out of it, but as time goes on, you're going to get more and more comfortable with it. You're going to get better and better at it. And hopefully even at some point you'll kind of enjoy it. Right. Well, okay, so this whole subject of getting out of our comfort zone, this is, uh, it's kind of speaking to me a little bit because it's something that I, uh, as a small business owner of another type myself, this is something that I, I, I can see in myself where there are things that I enjoy and things that I don't, and I would rather focus on the things that I enjoy and just hope that the other ones go away. So it maybe it's operations, maybe it's sales, maybe it's marketing, whatever you know, wherever my strengths are, that's where I want to concentrate. But that's not going to get me very far. At a certain point, we kind of have to, uh, you you have to do it all. It doesn't mean you have to be perfect at it all. It doesn't mean that you have to suddenly have no, you know, strengths and weaknesses and just be perfect at everything, but you have to do it. Yeah. And that's kind of human nature to either avoid the things you don't like to do or the things that you're not good at. We all do that to a certain extent, but to really be as successful as possible as a business owner, you kind of have to force yourself to at least understand those kind of things. And, and it's good for you to do them for a little while. And you may at some point hire somebody to, to do that. And, and as I've gotten, as my businesses have gotten bigger and as I have grown, I have hired people that kind of fill in the gaps where I'm weak. You know, those people are good at those things that I'm bad at. And that's kind of what I gravitate towards and look for. And so like with a dispatcher, you know, that's not something I don't particularly enjoy the, the negotiating side of things. And so I hire somebody to help me with that piece. And, you know, you, you can do that in your business. You know, one of the other things we haven't talked a ton about with that a lot of people are uncomfortable with is the numbers side of things and, you know, the accounting and really understanding that. And as a business owner, you need to have a certain level of competency in those numbers, but you may hire an accountant that handles that for you for the most part, but it's still a good idea for you to understand it so you can ask them the right questions and point them in the right direction. So they're doing the things that are really helping your business be ultra successful. Yeah. And when it comes to what, whether it's partners you're working with or employees that you hire on at a certain point, um, if you don't know what your weaknesses are, if you don't know the gaps that need to be filled, you're hiring or your your partnering isn't going to be as effective uh, because you know I, I've hired people before I've interviewed people before and if you don't know exactly what you're looking for then it's not as effective a process whereas if you've gone to the to, if you've gone to the effort if you've gone to the trouble of getting out of your comfort zone and understanding that you know I, I don't love doing spreadsheets but darn it I'm actually pretty good at it you know, I'm, I'm all right at that part, but you know what I'm not great at is negotiating or whatever yeah. the case may be. 
Uh, if you've done it all, you understand not just your comfort levels, but your ability levels, then it's going to help you with that part of the process as well. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of what I feel like it all really boils down to is as a business owner, then the best business owners that I've seen, they're a master of one or two things, but in reality, they're kind of a jack of all trades. They understand a little about a lot of things and they may be a, a super expert at one or two of those things, but they still at least understand most everything else. And, and you may not understand everything today, but you can learn that, those kind of things. You can develop those skills, but you've got to get out of your comfort zone and work on them just like you'd exercise a muscle. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I guess that's our big takeaway from today is get out of your comfort zone, identify what your comfort zone is, and make sure that you are uh, exercising your muscles outside of that as well and uh, and see where that takes your business. It's It's going to educate you and eventually... It's going to help you grow and be a more competent and successful business owner. I think you just hit the nail on the head. Perfect. That's it. All right. Well, thanks for listening to this episode, everybody. This was episode 23. Make sure you go to hollandassetsllc.com. Check out the full show notes there. And like we mentioned earlier, you can also go to motorcarrierhq.com if you need any tools or assistance from the delightful Chris and his <laughs> his folks over there, MotorCarrierHQ.com. So thanks for listening to this. We'll be back in episode 24 with, what's our subject, Chris? September's profit and loss. Oh, okay. Should be get, get in the financials again, my favorite part. <laughs> Spreadsheets. All right. <laughs> Have a good one, Chris. We'll see you later. I just... I'm glad that we don't have to worry. I don't have to worry about audio this time and messing <laughs> things up. This this is easy. Yeah, I know, right? It's uh, recording from the road is an adventure. It is an adventure. Okay, I'm ready when you are. You good? I'm ready. Okay. <laughs>